Welcome to Parents' Rights Now, a production of Parents' Rights in Education, hosted by Suzanne Gallagher. We are committed to valuing students, empowering parents, and supporting communities to secure great educations for public school children in America. PRE welcomes all students, families, and community members who care about scholastic success for K-12 public school students. Our membership is diverse and inclusive. Visit our website, parentsrightsined.org, and like us on Facebook. Our chapters include Arizona, Alaska, Colorado, Idaho, Illinois, Montana, Ohio, Oregon, Texas, Washington, and Wisconsin. Join us by filling out the form on our website titled, Join Us. You will find information regarding issues and information about local and state chapters. Hey guys, thanks for joining me. Today is the last day of March, March 31st, and tomorrow, April Fool's Day. You know, we can't be so serious all the time. Uh, every now and then a little joke is uh, worth <laughs> worth appreciating, right? Now, on the other hand, there are some subjects that are very, very serious. And the one that we're discussing is one of those. We're talking about our children and we're talking about indoctrination of our children by public school officials, people in positions of power, positions of influence over minor children. This is part four of Transgender Craze series. Literally are centered around a situation in Grays Lake School District in Illinois. Please, if you have not listened to the three previous episodes of this podcast, please do so. The third presenter at the March 23rd meeting was Linda Smetana. She has three school-aged children. She talks about about what's happening nationwide, specifically the Don't Say Gay Bill. But if you know anything about this bill that was passed in the Florida legislature and signed uh, DeSantis, you know that that bill did not say or restrict anybody from saying the word gay. What it did talk about was the restriction in discussing subjects in K through three school. Now, when it comes to third graders, we're talking about eight-year-olds, eight years old. Actually, that is still very young. She goes on to say that, you know, we're not Florida, we're not Texas, we're not New Jersey, we're from the great state of Illinois. And I'm very pleased about our statement as a district about diversity inclusion specifically just pulling it from the website, it's defined diversity shall be defined as a fluid concept that includes gender, race, religion, ethnicity, socioeconomic background, linguistic differences, exceptional abilities, sexual orientation, gender identity, and and variations of talents and abilities and special needs. All righty. Well, we agree with those things that, that, of course, that includes all the children in the school, doesn't it? So if all the children in the school are being honored and accepted, then all of the opinions of the parents of all of the children should also be considered and accepted. No? That's what I thought inclusion meant. But 
The reality is, in public schools today, inclusion is only for some. Since we are 12 years ahead of Illinois, we know a lot more about how this plays out in a public school setting here in Oregon. Like the 8th grade middle school boy who was sexually harassed by a boy identifying as a girl. When the victim had finally had enough, he raised his voice saying, please leave me alone. Now keep in mind, this had gone on for more than a month. The boy identifying as a girl ran to the school office in tears, declaring, I do not feel safe. The school asked the victim to write his harasser a letter of an apology and to attend the other high school in the district the next fall, further away from his home. Oh, but there's more. The following school year, the victim attended a high school outside of his district of residence. Two visitors came to his freshman English class to talk about a new GSA club and why others should join. The victim raised his hand and asked to be excused. Three more students did the same. The teacher responded with an emphatic no, stating she would not allow any bigotry in her classroom. Student club member recruitment is inappropriate during any academic class period. Students have the right to be excused from any instruction they consider is offensive or against their faith. That teacher is out of line. The next speaker at the school board meeting was Jill Birdwell. Jill is the treasurer of the local PFLAG group. Uh, PFLAG stands for Parents and Friends of Lesbians and Gays. She quoted some statistics from the Human Rights Campaign, and I just wanted to read a few of these because I believe that they apply to pretty much all, all students and even you and I. According to the Human Rights Campaign, 77% of LGBTQ plus teenagers surveyed reported feeling depressed or down over the last week. 95% reported trouble sleeping at night. More than 50% said that they can never use the school restrooms that align with their gender identity. And more than 70% report feelings of worthlessness and hopelessness in the past week. Only 26% say they will always feel safe in their school classroom. And just 5% indicate all their teachers and school staff are supportive of the LGBTQ people. Let's talk about surveys given to minors. They're, do they're doing a lot of that lately in public schools, and there is definitely a disproportionate amount of attention and sympathy placed on LGBTQ students. I want to know if the survey was given to the student body at large, and what percentage is applied to others representing the heterosexual students. I also want to know if the age and maturity levels of those surveyed was taken into account. I know from my own experience raising three children, the accuracy of a survey given to minors is not reliable. And what about other socioeconomic and emotional factors impacting these students' lives was not related to their sexuality? Consider this. In an effort to help others, have we gone too far? Parents' rights in education defends all students. They should be required to respect one another 
in all behavior and bullying of any kind toward any one should not be tolerated. We take a strong stand for tolerance, inclusivity, and equality for all students in the public schools. Our concern stems from the many complaints from students, parents, and teachers of inequities in these areas. Unfortunately, the extreme focus on LGBTQ initiatives has created an unintended backlash, as some students feel marginalized and threatened for holding their traditional viewpoint. A Harris poll was conducted in January of 2020, and it was featured in an article by Susan Miller of USA Today. It stated, Young people are growing less tolerant of LGBTQ individuals, a jarring turn for a generation traditionally considered embracing and open. Traditionally considered embracing and open, a survey released Monday shows. The number of Americans, 18 to 34, who are comfortable interacting with LGBTQ people slipped from 53% in 2017 to 45% in 2018, the only age group to show a decline according to the annual Accelerating Acceptance Report, and that is down from 63% in 2016. So 63 down to 45. Driving the dilution of acceptance are young women whose overall comfort levels plunged from 64% in 2017 to 52% in 2018, says the survey conducted by the Harris Poll. And that survey was conducted on behalf of LGBTQ advocacy advocacy the LGBTQ advocacy group, GLAAD, G-L-A-A-D. Quote, we count on the narrative that young people are more progressive and tolerant, says John Gerzema, CEO of the Harris Poll. These numbers are very alarming and signal a looming social crisis in discrimination. We find that very interesting, but actually are seeing it amongst students in the public schools in Oregon. Dividing people is not helpful. No one minority can require everyone subscribe to their views. When anti-discrimination laws were passed, they were meant to affirm the rights for all, not exclusive from some. Sexual orientation anti-discrimination statutes have been interpreted to require LGBTQ norms not only be respected, but accepted by all students. Based on these laws, state legislatures have required public schools to teach homosexuality and all other sexual practices as normal, natural, and equal. Schools have invited LGBTQ groups to promote alternative lifestyles through equity committees designed to monitor students' attitudes toward one another. The key word there is monitor. Monitor attitudes? Hmm, is that the role of a school? 
students are encouraged to question what they are based on this approach to sexuality. Activities such as LGBTQ student clubs, political demonstrations, Human Rights Week, Day of Silence, and gay proms are celebrated and promoted. Students who do not agree to accept the ideology are considered hateful, marginalized, and labeled homophobic bigots. For example, in 2020, an Oregon middle school student was sexually harassed and bullied by a trans boy in Westland Wilsonville. When he could not get mutual respect, he raised his voice, asking the other boy to leave him alone. Unfortunately, the straight student was discriminated against and was asked to by the district to leave because the trans student claimed he was not safe. Has this gone too far? We say yes. In defense of the majority student population and differing viewpoints, parents' rights in education is concerned with the out-of-balance representation of LGBTQ ideology. We are not condemning it as some want to portray. Students are preoccupied and divided by extreme political influences. Tolerance, it seems, no longer applies to those who disagree. One cannot gain true respect through shaming and name-calling. The extreme focus on alternative lifestyles can hurt the very people it aims to help as resentment builds in the community at large. Where is the common ground? We must find it because the current status quo is not acceptable. We want to be very clear. Our organization is not against the LGBT community in any way, shape, or form. In fact, many of our members are part of the LGBTQ community, and we fight to protect their parents' rights also. I'm going to play the audio from an interview which is located on uh, the homepage of our website as well as this particular page addressing bullying. It is an interview with a gay couple who support a limited flag policy in K-12 classes in all schools. Hi, I'm Suzanne Gallagher, and I'm the Executive Director of Parents' Rights in Education. And today, I want to introduce you to two men, a same-sex couple, uh, who have been together for over 34 years. <clears throat> One of them is a retired Oregon elementary school teacher who taught in the same school for over 30 years. And the other one worked in and around Yamhill County for over 30 years. And both of them have lived in Yamhill County for over 26 years. So they are Yamhill County residents. And um, sadly... They must remain anonymous at this time as they fear retribution from those with opposing views. 
So whatever they say tonight um, will be very eye-opening. And we encourage them to do this interview with us because there is a voice that needs to be heard in relation to the attempt to recall two members of the Newburgh School Board, also in Yamhill County. So I'd like to introduce you to these two gentlemen. They believe that there should be no flags permitted in the schools, with the exception of the American and state flags. What do political flags do? They would cause divisiveness, and they separate mm -hmm. kids from each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It causes more of a, of a wedge in groups or identifies groups to be more singled out. Instead okay. of being inclusive, it's exclusive. It's exclusive. This is a letter that I have in front of me that, that you wrote, the two of you wrote together. Parts of it have been shared with the board, and so I'm referencing that. I want to remind you of some of the things that you brought up in that letter. You talked about teaching, reading, writing, and math. In other words, the role of a school. And as a teacher, what, what is your opinion of that? What is the role of a school? Well, the role of the school, the role of the role of the teachers in that mm -hmm. school is to teach academics, math, reading, spelling, writing. Teaching morality is not a teacher's position. Where should that be taught? That should well, if it's going to be taught, should be taught at home and through the community, not in the classroom mm -hmm. as a teacher. And by community, we mean the those extended family members mm -hmm. that are around that child mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. So whatever their family uh, mm -hmm. makeup is, because we do know that there are many different kinds of families right. sure. right. these days. But that should be the right of the parents or the guardians of, Absolutely. of those children. Is that? Do you agree with that? Absolutely. It is not. I shouldn't be teaching their children morality or sexuality or any of those things reading, math, writing. Okay. I will go back to that. It's academics. And really what needs to be addressed is your tax dollars are being used, are there for teachers to be paid. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're paying for them to do is teach academics. So, well, so how do you feel about what's going on in the classroom and, and with the school and, and, and what's what, happening actually in uh, in Newburgh itself, right? And it, and with the attack on these two individuals, do you think it's a fair recall? It's, what my opinion of it is is it's it's divisive to our community as mm -hmm. a whole, so, and that's basically a reflection of what is happening in the school at this point mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. this whole you know basic uh, turmoil that's going on. And what I'm seeing is is I'm seeing the 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 side that is the yes for the recall is basically saying well this is this is your option you have the option as a parent to either take your kids out of the public school and spend money and put them in private school which we all know is very expensive mm -hmm. or accept the fact that it's okay that when you drop your kids off at the school that someone else is going to be basically parenting your kid for that whole time frame and teaching them morality and that you would never even think about teaching them at home, let alone expect to have that taught at school. So it's a real, mm -hmm. real bad situation right now in Newburgh. And like you said, it is divisive. 
and the responsibility of parents and their families to make those decisions about what what they learn about morality and, and life choices and things like that. Some people do believe that the school should almost become the parent in this sense. We're, we're very concerned about that as an organization. Well, that's kind of a societal thing. You, yes, it you is. know, we saw that with mm-hmm. the years of teaching. As my years of teaching progressed, I saw more and more where, you know, you can have all kinds of families. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be the traditional family. No. It can be any family can do a great job of mm-hmm. raising children. Mm-hmm. You know, I had same-sex couple children. I mean, the parents were same sex that I taught their kids and the child was perfectly fine. I taught Mm -hmm. Hispanic children. Mm -hmm. I taught black children. Okay. Mm -hmm. There was never any issue whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And and you could have what your traditional families and some of those weren't as, you know, they were dysfunctional (laughs) or possibly, but you saw a, a movement kind of a way where our society has changed in a way that you know, let somebody else raise your kids, and that's not okay. Do you think that that this uh, effort within the schools to uh, display gay flags and BLM flags, political flags, in the classroom and, and make it, you know, a very pointed issue to young children? Now, these are minors. Right. We're talking about other people's minor right. children. They're mm-hmm. not adults. Mm-hmm. They don't vote. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that, that that is having a positive or negative effect on the civil rights for uh, gay and lesbian uh, community? In the long run, is that good or is it harmful? Well, I think it's dramatically harmful because you're, again, you are separating those kids out and you're labeling them. You know, we tried to avoid that. It be inclusive in our classrooms. If you went for special ed, you were still part of the room. Mm -hmm. They went, came out, got Mm -hmm. some special. And these kids are going to be labeled. And if if somebody is homophobic about it, now you've identified that kid to be harassed. All right. Okay. That child, I should that say. Child. Yeah, the I don't child, like the, the word. student. The student. But yes. let's mm-hmm. get back down to the basics mm-hmm. that our sexuality is a small part of who we are right. as human Perfect. beings. And there is no, you know, we shouldn't be amplifying that when we're trying to educate these kids and making that the center mm-hmm. stage. And that's what's happening mm-hmm. as I see it in Newburgh mm-hmm. right now. And it's happening across the country in subtle ways, but it seems to be mm-hmm. more. Uh, amplified there in the Newburgh setting. And unfortunately, what you're doing to the child is is you're ba- basically saying that this is this is the big thing, the big picture of who you are. And and I've heard the argument that the flags, they need to see the flags for their safety, that they feel comfort- comforted. Well, what are you teaching the kids whenever they become adults, that they need to go to work or they need to, to you know, carry on their life with the flag forever in their life? We're, we've been together for 34 years. We've been gay, grew up gay. We, we, you know, we both knew we were gay from the time we were young, and we didn't need the flags. Hmm. Granted, that flag represents a huge historical point for what has happened with the gay people in, in America and the gay people across the world, but it's, it was never intended to be used like it's being used today in Newburgh. Mm-hmm. And I I truly believe, in light of what he's saying, there are ways to assist 
uh, gay children that mm-hmm. really need to be addressed because of the suicide rate and the, and mm-hmm. the lack of, mm-hmm. but that's not just from the school, that's lack of acceptance from home as well, mm-hmm. or, or society. And we need to be kids at that age. You know, when you're teenagers, you're already unsure about life in general. Do you know that they are asking students age 10 uh, through uh, surveys that are given by the Oregon Health Authority to check a box about their sexual orientation and their preference at age 10? Yeah, they don't have any. Yeah. That's no. What do you think about that? I think it's wrong. Yeah. I think it's inconscionable that you would do that because now you're just messing with them even that much more. You're basically setting up goads and you're goading them with prods and asking mm-hmm. them to go down a certain way whenever they're... Mm-hmm. That's not the way kids should be. Let kids grow up to be kids. You know, I remember as a child saying, you know, enjoy being a kid because, you know, yeah. we don't know what's... As a kid, you don't know what's out there in the world. Mm-hmm. And what Newberg is doing is they are pushing these kids and making them feel and question their own sexuality when, again... That's a small part of what our whole lives are about, Mm -hmm. and it's just out of control. Thank you so much for this time, you guys. It's been really enlightening. Did you have one last thing that you wanted to to add? I want to say that we felt the retribution you mentioned earlier because we, you know, as as a gay couple, that if we voted no for the recall or voted no on some of the other issues going on in Yamhill County, that we are homophobic and that we are basically racist and prejudiced. And I want, if if one person out there that listens to this would hear the fact that it's okay to be gay and to be a Republican, doesn't mean that you're a Trumpster. It's okay to be, you know, I voted for Obama. So it doesn't matter what politicalness, but quit using the the the. Political. political environment to sway people into, into voting yes or no on this important issue because it's really that important that and it's okay to vote no and to be gay and to be a Republican and to be a Democrat doesn't matter what you are it, let's st- take a step back and, and, and think about what we're doing here for our kids thank you very much mm-hmm. please check your show notes for links pertinent to this podcast Oh, and one last thing. It would be so, so great if you could help us out financially as well. You know, we have ongoing expenses every month and we're growing, growing like crazy. And uh, we do give assistance to all of our chapters. They can uh, ask people in their various states to contribute. So you might want to consider that if there is a chapter in your state, uh, you can indicate that you prefer for the money to go directly to the state. And Pre keeps 20% of that and 80% goes to the chapters to help them with their expenses for printing, etc. A lot of them are putting on events and we encourage them to do that. And so this helps them to grow and to take action. And um, anyway, just go to the donate page on our website, parentsrightsined.org. Thanks much. <laughs>